welcome to the weekend edition of the Modern Maker Podcast. Today, I think it is National Hot Dog Day, if I'm correct. Is that right, You're Chris? correct. Hot Dog Day. What do you yep. guys like on your hot dogs? If you say ketchup, if, I mean, get out of America. Oh, if, Mike likes if, ketchup. Look at him. I His like ketchup over mustard is all I'm going to say, guys. Cool. No. <laughs> but no, I'm like a, a chili cheese dog kind of guy. <laughs> good. I like it. I like yeah, it. chili cheese dog's good. Getting sloppy. <laughs> But for just like yeah, a simple sloppy. hot dog, just like the simple hot dog, I like uh, mustard and onions. Yeah. Recently, I had yeah. one with spicy kimchi on it that was Ooh. pretty amazing. That's it was really just like spicier sauerkraut. So it was gave you the crunch, a little bit of flavor, mm. good stuff. Yeah. So I guess, I, you know, I would think yeah, it kind of would make sense that National Hot Dog Day would be in July. July. Yeah. Probably yeah. should have been a couple weeks Fourth ago, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah. Well. My name is Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern, and I'm joined by Chris Salamone. Say from hi, Four Chris. Eyes Furniture. Hello. <laughs> and Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. So what are you guys working on this weekend? <laughs> this Ooh, weekend. Mike? I am working on getting this merch organized so that I can ship it out when people order it. Um, cause everything came like I, I bought like a couple hundred dollars worth or a couple hundred shirts. So I got these giant boxes of shirts. So I'm going to see if I can't like organize them by size in some way before I get orders coming in that way. It's all, I don't know, just not a total chaotic nightmare, even though I know it will be to a degree the first yep. couple of days when I get like the bulk of orders in, uh, but just trying to minimize that stress as much as possible. Aside from that, I'm working on a really cool project. Uh, I've been talking lately about projects not going well and like stepping outside of my comfort zone, but I'm back in my comfort zone this week. I'm working with wood and only mm. wood, which is kind of nice. Um, I got a video, all thanks to the listeners of the podcast, I think, maybe even viewers of my channel. I've got a video sponsored by TableLegs.com. I think I mentioned a while back yeah. uh, about the desk that I made using some of their legs. I had people that our fans of mine are fans of the podcast. I don't really know who that basically reached out to table leg saying like, yo, check this out. And, um, after that they contacted me seeing if there's any way that we could work together. I said, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're building a reclaimed top farmhouse table. So I got a really cool kind of farmhouse, super hefty, real chunky, uh, maple base that I'll be mm-hmm. making a reclaimed top for. So, a few days back, I went to a, uh, I don't know, it was just like some dude that has some property and he like takes down houses and just like resells the lumber essentially. Yeah. And I got my hands on some really cool tongue and groove boards that was used for like a, a, a like a barn floor, I think is what the guy was using it for. So they got some real cool kind of weathering to them. They're a little bit rougher than what I would want. Um, there's a couple spots in a couple of them where I think I'm going to have to put some like wood hardener in Minwax makes some kind of like wood hardener. So I think mm-hmm. I'm going to give that a shot in a couple of the spots where it's, uh, uh, I don't know, a little soft that kind of makes me a little bit worried, but for the most part, I'm going to sand everything smooth. I might plane it. I haven't really gotten into it yet at the time we're recording it. So I'm either going to hit it with the belt sander or like run it through the planer once to get some fresh wood, but to where it's still, cause it's kind of like weathered and cracked a little bit throughout it so it'll still have those cracks where you can still see the the kind of patina but i want some fresh wood for the tabletop so everything's nice and flat and looks looks real clean so it'll be a it'll be a fun experiment even though i don't know i just said i was back in my comfort zone but then again it's something i've never done so 
Maybe you got to keep fun. pushing yourself though. That's the whole. That's if you're not doing something new, you're not wasting doing your something. time. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> put that on a shirt. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, what are you? Uh, uh, what are you working on, Chris? I am. Oh, hang going, on. Time out. Time Merch out. drops on Tuesday. Tuesday. Whoop. So everyone, be aware. Be excited. Check my Instagram. I've been putting out, or I'll be putting out teasers. I'll be showing a new item every day until Tuesday. Um. I appreciate all the support. Yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. From Saturday, the day this comes out, okay. until Tuesday, okay. I'll be teasing a new product. I appreciate all the support in advance. Um, I think it's crazy that people are like willing to buy things with my brand on it. That's really, really cool. So thank you, guys. Chris, what do you got going we should on? Have, we should have a competition to see who can brand the weirdest thing and sell it. Well, I'm, I, got, I got coffee mugs. So I think I think we can get crazier. <laughs> oh, we can Somewhere. definitely get crazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll, we'll, I got real, we'll talk about that off the air. Okay, cool. <laughs> Some very uh, uncouth things that I could brand. Um, but anyway, so this weekend I will be either putting together that workbench that I talked about last week, or yeah. putting together that the CNC machine. From I'm going to build it, it yeah. from scratch. Yeah, okay. all plywood, so it's going to be pretty easy. It should be a, a fairly quick build it's just gonna be are you putting any kind of like vice on it or anything like that no i mean maybe it's more like assembly table type yeah i have a vice on my workbench that i do use occasionally i think mm-hmm. what i'll do is if i find that i i think i'll be able to get by with just clamping stuff to the edge if i need to i'll set it right. up in a way where i can clamp stuff to the edge that's um, funny um sorry to interrupt uh, no, for so it. for my for you know my shop i'm kind of trying to organize that a little bit and uh-huh. I kind of ran that through my head as like, should I buy a workbench? Should I just build one? I mean, it's a video, you know, yeah. coming from your same perspective. And then I'm like, am I really going to add anything to the workbench, you know, conversation? So yeah. I ended up just buying one from Harbor Freight. They're on sale for like 120 bucks and yeah. it's got a vice on it. I'm sure I'm going to, I'm, I bought a couple two by, I haven't like put it together or anything, but I'm going to probably reinforce it in places with a few two by fours. I know that because it's from Harbor Freight, it probably could probably could use it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might be yeah i I mean i'd have to see a picture but it's probably fine i mean they're pretty they're pretty simple um and that was kind of the reason that i bought mine initially because it was like they're not they're basically the same price to buy it as it is to just buy the lumber so yeah unless you're into it there's really not a whole lot of reason to build it um or if yeah if you need something real custom or whatever in fact i actually had to mine Mine, I had to cut the legs on mine so that I could make it work with my table saw. It was oh, like okay. a little bit too tall when I initially got it. So, man, that's that was my. I'm so excited about having a workbench that's taller. So, for the past ever since I've been doing this whole like YouTube thing, my workbench has just been like an old dining table that I put a big piece of melamine on top of. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, that's so low. it sits at like 30, 30 31 inches. inches. Yeah, you know, like at dining table height. So. I mix my back is excited to have a taller workbench. (laughs) Yeah. I need to get like a seat or something to sit at when I'm really at the workbench for a long time. Cause at mine, I'm still like, I'm hunched over too much and you're a tall guy too, right? I'm like six, three. It's funny. I always find that like anybody who I watch on TV, I just assume is the same height as me. I think everybody Mm -hmm. does that because you're just like looking at people eye to eye. So you're like, Oh, they're my height. But yeah, it's always like then weird when you meet people and then you're like, Oh, that's how tall you Ben, how tall are you? Six feet. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's six what I foot thought. Two. That's what no, you are? six foot also. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave him an extra couple inches? Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, so yeah, I'll either be weekend, working, Chris. I'll either be working on that or 
finishing off the CNC machine, or actually maybe both, because I probably should really build that bench first before I yeah. do the CNC machine. So hopefully in an ideal situation, both. But I might kind of take a me weekend, and that doesn't mean that I won't be doing any work. I'll just be getting pedicures. No, I'll be uh, I'll, <laughs> uh, just kind of a weekend to play with stuff out in the shop because I haven't done that in a long time, and I've got like a lot of scrap plywood pieces left over from this dining table build that maybe I could just like kind of go out there and put something together with the offcuts because it, it's like enough that I couldn't build anything big off of it, but it's like, like enough that I'd make? feel guilty. Ah, like a side table or something like that. Oh, okay. It's enough that I'd feel guilty just like throwing it all out like it's perfectly good and it's right. just sitting there ready to use. So I don't know, I might do something like that, just kind of play around with, with some ideas to try to approach things from a different angle and see if it sparks anything. But I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how I feel once I wake up on Saturday morning. Sweet. Ben? Oh, well, I'm not working on anything because I am going to be at the Haven Conference. Oh, um, yeah. So this is one of my, yeah, I do a few conferences every year. So I'm doing a couple workshops. One is on planning and creating video for social media. Um, so as this podcast airs, I'll probably be teaching the class. And then the other one is an introduction to working with concrete. Um, nice. Mm. So the Haven Conference is is it's fun. Um, it's a lot of sort of uh, like DIY bloggers and interior designers more so on the interior design and style side than on the sort of making it uh stuff and uh so this will be the second year that i've gone um how was it last year it was a lot of fun uh yeah you know a lot of a lot of my sponsors are there home depot's there quick crete's there and uh ryobi Um, i'll be there on behalf of quick crete but it's always good to catch up with everyone else so I will be in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, oh, cool. Wow, wow! Hot Hearing hearing this, yes. Um, Especially so, in July. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it's like one. Of those, it's a conference, so it means you'll be spending most of your time in air conditioned conference rooms, right? Probably with like a hoodie on because it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's my sort of plan. But it'll be nice to catch up. Uh, I think I'm going to, should be running into Brad from Fix This, Build That, and a bunch of other sort of, you know, people in our space. So it's always nice to talk shop. Nice. Sounds fun. Modern Maker Podcast alum. Exactly. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that I'll list be able is to, like, hopefully be able to is capture everywhere. some more interviews and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. That's yeah. true. Look forward yeah. to that. Save us some trouble from recording these weekend shows. So do what we have some? Uh, so yeah. we have some questions. We do. We still got a bunch of questions, so I figured we just keep going through them. So I will start doing that right now. This one's kind of a long one. I know I'm gonna mess. I know I'm gonna butcher something here. Anyways, it comes in from Zach from the Cutting Board. Um, oh, you who know him? also yeah, he was in the two two by four challenge. Oh baby, yeah. which one did he build? Do you um, remember? Cutting board, the squatty potty. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh, the yeah, squatty yeah, potty cool. with all the crazy colors. Like he did that, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever, still wool kind of stained stuff. So yeah, check nice. out his channel. So Listeners, also technically a podcast alumni also. Zach from The Cutting Board says, yes. Hi guys, big fans of all three of your channels for quite some time now. I must say it is a lot of fun to listen to you three banter as well as speak with guests as you bring such unique perspective to the entire process of building and content creation. My YouTube channel is still quite small and in terms of audience, in terms of audience, but I'm finding that with each day, as more and more people discover it, the amount of trolling and unproductive comments increase and I am forced to either answer them or moderate slash eliminate them from my channel. 
I was curious how you all individually <laughs> deal with the moderation of your pages, given you're all so big audience-wise. I get that it is often a small percentage of your following, but there's something that people have to undoubtedly deal with as a channel as it grows and on a personal level. It can be demoted. Do you guys ever troll your well, trolls? Oh, you guys, you guys, all you the guys time. never get back at them? I've done it a couple of times. It's always fun, but then it's like, oh, should I really I, be doing this? I think I posted <laughs> an example of that on uh, the Modern Maker podcast Instagram stories. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, in the last video, I trolled the trolls with that whole poem thing. You know, it's That's something true. I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but sometimes when I'm doing it, I'll usually still do it, but I usually don't get like, I usually kind of do like something that's funny that probably will make them mad, but that hopefully if other people are reading it, they get a little chuckle out of it. Yep. But I was thinking, man, you know what's weird is these people are totally anonymous to us, but they know who we are. So like what, you could be at like some kind of convention someday and that guy knows who you are and he like just comes up to you and shivs you in the side. Yeah. That's where it's going. Uh, they can with it Or in the foot. If you're, Ben says, if you're yeah, ben. well, I know Taekwondo. I can do a muscle up. Yach. <laughs> Bring it. The, the, the lack of anonymity would be refreshing in that case. Right. He's uh, <laughs> like, in that case, actually, I get to beat him up for what he said. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good question. Uh, no, it is. Yeah. And I, I would speak back to something we talked about organization. Yeah, I deal with the sort of moderation of those things on my channel. Do I make that a high priority? No, I don't. And it's not because I don't care about the audience. Is that I don't care about the vocal minority part of the audience. I right. care about the audience, period. And I think it's less than 1% of my audience is commenting on the things. So I care about the whole audience. The commenters are 1%. So the commenters get about 1% of my caring of that sort of audience. Ben caring about his audience pie. Now... <laughs> The negative people are about 1% of that 1%. Yeah. And I really don't care about them. <laughs> so my thing is sort of this, right? I, I leave a lot of negative questions, even really insulting ones uh, on, on my channel. I, I just don't care. Do you um, really? Yeah. It's like, who cares? Sometimes I'll delete them. Sometimes I don't. I just look at it. And every once in a while, though, I'll like I'll come back at them. But I normally don't only come back at them if I like am going to take the time to keep coming back and keep coming back and like bury them into the ground. Um, <laughs> otherwise I just ignore it or yeah. I'll let them like talk or I'll just keep going. Why? Why? And they'll keep commenting. Why? Well, I'll go, why? And then when they've, after they've written a lo the longest thing, then I just delete the whole thing. I <laughs> <laughs> can put in all this work and then it's for not. But that's just normally like with a cocktail in hand and me just sort of enjoying it at the, right. at the end of the day. That's fine. So again, back to sort of time management is know your priorities right now it's different for me than it would be for somebody that uses something like patreon if and, and this is where sort of i think in, in my opinion business models are an important part if you're going to be you know if i was using patreon as a revenue model which i do not uh, i think it's a great tool but i don't think it fits me personality i think i'm a little bit too acerbic uh, i think i like the design part but i'm a little bit you know i don't really want to talk to the camera a lot and all that so if you're using Patreon and, and, and tools like that where you're soliciting your audience to give you money, then I think you have to be a little bit nicer. It, it's like that's, you know, that sort of engagement could be a revenue builder. Uh, for me, it's more about like, you know, it's about me sort of figuring out creative ways to create branded content with sponsors that I believe in and create uh, content that, that uh, my current audience likes and that will 
help me find my future audience. Right. Um, which is an important distinction too, because your current audience isn't your only audience. You want to grow that audience. So you're also thinking about who isn't currently, currently finding your work. So I care about it, but I care about it proportionally to how important it is to all my objectives. Um, so comment section in YouTube's not that big. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's my biggest comment section, but I, you know, I also have comment sections on Pinterest. I have comment sections on Instagram. I have email questions that come in through the websites. I get people in my uh, direct messages on on Twitter. So uh, I care about all those things. But the question is, is how much should I care relative to how caring gets me towards my objectives? You know, if uh, if people ask really insightful, thoughtful questions on any platform, I care about that. That's great. I, I, I like having productive discourse. Do I care about the 1% of the 1% that's something negative? No. If anything, I'm just going to use that for like amusement and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really, I don't know. I think a couple times I've like gotten back at people that are like trying to get at me, but for the most part, I just block, I delete the comment and make it to where they can't comment on my videos anymore. If I could make it to where they couldn't even watch my videos, man, I would love that. I feel like that would be the most like, mm, I got gotcha. you. You can't, you know what I mean? But Depriving I don't think that is Mike. possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like they even want to watch me anyways. I don't know. Maybe they do just so they can like leave more mean comments. But, yeah. uh, but no, I just, I just delete them and then block them from being able to comment. Cause it's kind of, I think I heard Jimmy Dressa say one time is like, if they said it once, they're probably not going to say anything productive in the future. So might as well just block them, you know? You know, what's funny. Have you guys gotten rude comments from people that their username is something that's rude? Like, like it's like they're, they, I, I can't think of an example, but like it'll be a rude comment. And then like the username will be like, I'm the effing best or yeah. something like that. And okay, it's like, I, did you I make it, this it, profile <laughs> just to leave negative comments? I got one uh, comment from someone who's, channel was titled adolf hitler mm, uh, yeah. with a picture of adolf hitler as the thumbnail and the only comment he left on anything was on a concrete lamp that i made and he said mine lamp <laughs> oh that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah but like you know i don't know i, I deleted it i was like do we really need hitler jokes no right um too but, soon could a lot it could have been a lot more anti-semitic glad it wasn't I wonder if well, now I, I he get just, those. The, I get those too. What if he created that profile just for the pun, and right. then you delete all his hard work? Well, it was all for live now. and learn. You know, actually, here's kind of a something new to me. So you guys know, you guys have been doing sponsorships with Ryobi for a while. I just recently started having a sponsorship with Grizzly. Yeah. And so, I've had like two comments, two negative comments about Grizzly come in on my channel, mm -hmm. and. So I could have just deleted them, but instead, I, I think it's of more value to the company. I said, hey, I've had this, this is equipment that I bought with my own money seven years ago, still using it today. It's been nothing but good for me. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I look at that as almost like a positive. I, I know there's very few people who are reading through all those comments, but. So like, what was the comment? I, what did they say? Like, oh, sell out essentially? No, they weren't even, they weren't even making fun of the. They weren't ragging on me for doing a sponsorship. It was they were ragging they said, on like, like Grizzly. Yeah, one of them said like, "Oh, that's cheap Chinese." Ah, uh, whatever you know. Okay, but no, yeah, I think yeah, I think what you said actually works well. Yeah, yeah, and I think I've of in terms of people like 
mad at me for having a sponsorship. I think I've had one comment like that. And I think I just put that like, I bought all this stuff before I had a sponsorship. So you don't need to justify Whatever. yourself to them either. Well, it was my mom. It was my mom who said it. <laughs> She's really laying, laying it on thick for me. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're making free content. You got to make money yeah. somehow. You know what I mean? So yeah. if people don't like, I get that some people just don't understand that they don't really understand like money structure of like how all this works. But, yeah. you know, it's just you got you got to pay the bills one way or the other. Yeah. And this is how you do it. But to the uh, the this isn't just with negative comments. I do it with good comments and negative comments, but the negative comments seem to lend themselves to it more. I'll always like just reply with some kind of joke and then I screenshot it. And so I have like a hundred of them saved now. And someday I swear I'm going to put out a coffee table book. Do just, it. Like, That's funny replies so funny. to comments. Yeah. So, so look for that in 2020, people. One more point on this and we'll sort of wrap up this, this question. It's a good question, though. Uh, the other thing to do is to know how you react emotionally. Everyone's different that way. Some people are very like water off a duck's, duck's back. They can see like a really hateful, mean comment and just sort of laugh at it. Other people, it mm-hmm. kind of, it sits with them, even if they're like, ah, they're like George Cassandra. And then two hours later, they have the witty yeah. reply. Yeah. Jerk star? <laughs> You're at the jerk store. They're out of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the thing is, is to know yourself, know how you're going to react, right? If you know if it's going to get to you, it doesn't matter what I do, right? Or how I manage my, my comments, right? Like I'm, I'm going to find a good way that meets my priorities and that deals with my sort of emotional makeup. You have to find a way that doesn't bother you, that gives you some sort of value in return. And so don't copy my solution. Don't copy J- Jimmy DeResta's solution because we all have different emotional makeups. We all have different audience types. Yep. Just know, the thing I was always surprised, and it's one of the reasons why I really liked uh, listening to the Making It podcast, is I was hard for me to imagine any like Jimmy and Bob and, and Dave getting negative comments, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. I was like, oh, that does, probably doesn't happen to those guys. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> I knew that they got some statistically, but hearing them talk about it, it's like, how, it's like, how could you, like, you know, to hear, hear you know, I, I look at someone like Jimmy, I was like, oh, he's so much more knowledgeable about making than I am. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets sort of, you know, his, his, as he would say, axe nerds or, <laughs> you know, talking, you know, uh, about how he's not doing it the way they would do it, that was so shocking to me to think that, like, wait, wait. People say that to Jimmy, like yeah. that guy knows way more than me, right? Yeah. So everyone gets them. Everyone needs to find the way that where that sort of random negativity doesn't cause disruption to your day and you still get the little bit of benefit that you can out of the comment section. So everything should be sort of you know progress oriented. How do the comments fit into my overall priorities for what I'm trying to achieve? How, you know, and it might not be business. I might be getting creative feedback so it might be that you're actually trying to solicit more comments by asking questions in your videos and stuff like that but look at the comment sections as part of your endeavor that's helping the overall part and position it so that it's doing just that and then know what sort of your emotional triggers are and you know plan accordingly good advice good stuff all right ready new one ready yeah this one comes in from brandon's bees and he says how do you make your tool brand selections prior to being sponsored and having to use certain brands were you partial to particular purveyors or did you purchase a tool potpourri perhaps 
Building on that question, if you come across a problem during your build that can be remedied by a particular tool, do you find that you will acquire that tool to solve the problem or do you find a way to work around it? Maybe by redesigning the piece or rigging a less than ideal fix. Chris, let's hear it. Can, can we talk about this? Um, no, I mean, for me, you know, I'll say this. I think that most people sponsored or not by a tool company in my experience, I found that like almost every tool I've ever used in my, you know, fairly small sample size is good. Like, right. It's like the shoes in basketball. Like it's really not the tool. It's, it's not going to be choosing a, d- be a Delta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks Mars. Um, yeah, it's never, it's not going to be like, Oh, I bought a Delta table saw and now I suck because I should have bought a Powermatic or whatever. You know, there's certain things that you get what you pay for to a certain extent. There's going to be certain things that are going to be nicer or worse. Um, so I didn't really like pay too much attention to brand stuff. If mm-hmm. anything, in in helping me to to Says make the decisions, the guy that bought would... everything from the same brand. <laughs> yeah, it was all Grizzly. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't really I mean, pay attention to brands, but I did buy everything from Grizzly. You know what? At my at the time for me, that's just what made sense. It was yeah. I knew that I wanted like a cabinet table saw that was bigger, planers, Grizzlies, like a pretty affordable company. True. I did my research on them. I saw, you know, mostly positive things being said and that was good enough for me. And I bought them and and I didn't regret it. Um, But that said, I'm sure if I would have gone with a different brand, I would have been fine. I don't think that one is going to make or break you. So, you know, you should still do the research. Obviously, you don't just buy something. But the things, more of the things that helped me make decisions would be, if there's a specific feature of one thing that I wanted. So like, you know, right. uh, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I mean, especially when you don't, a lot of times when you're buying these things, at least when I was buying them, like you don't have a ton of experience with other tools. So like, you don't know the intricacies of little things like, oh, I like the way that uh, Bosch, you change the router bits on Bosch compared to DeWalt or whatever. Like you're not used to all those things until like, I don't know. I guess you could go to Home Depot and just like play with them or something. But I was never just like, this company's the best all only by this company. It was just kind of like, oh, this made sense for me. So for for me is I've always, uh, I I had bought Rayobi tools before they were a sponsor. Uh, They're just like a a, a brand that I had, for whatever reason, I'd tried and I always had good experiences and they're affordable. Um, So that's, and then I sort of reached out to them and uh, took it from there. So but I would say, sort of echoing what, what, what Chris was saying, I think the more important than the brand of tool is the price point and category of tool relative to the content you intend on producing. I think uh, there's brands like Festool, which are excellent brands. That would not be a good selection for the type of content I'm making. I'm right. doing like DIY sort of entry level stuff. Ryobi's an amazing brand for that. They've you know, everything I've, people always ask me, Oh, would you recommend, uh, uh, Ryobi? And I'm like, well, I don't feel like I have to, if you like the stuff that I've made, I made that with those tools, right? They are, they are a means to the ends that you seem to really like. Um, and so what I think the value of us as sort of branded content creators, which is what we are for, for these brands is not endorsers. We're not there to say this tool has this much torque or this many horsepower or it's got, you know, this this special grip. Like, yeah, we, we can point out some of the cool features, but a lot of the tools have the same features. 
what I think we're really good at and what the wh- how influencers like us are useful for brands is that it creates assurance for people that have already considered buying. Yeah. So right. I think when people buy a tool and they don't have a lot of experience, which is the only people that we're probably going to influence because the people <laughs> that have a lot of experience are already going to have their opinions and do it. They are curious about outcomes. They're like, I want to have these certain type of making or DIY outcomes. And I think that this tool can help me. And what we show is that we connect the tools to different outcomes, right? I show how to make a plywood table and people go, that's a cool table. Oh, wait, that could be made with $200 worth of Ryobi tools, actually less than that. You know, orbital sander, drill, circular saw. So... You know, for, for me, it's we're, we're demonstrating the potential outcomes that can be done with certain tools at different price points. So it's, you know, guys that are really into making and, and shop talk, they get really into the weeds about the brands of tools and what advantage or disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk to like general contractors all the time. They're like, why do you use this drill? Why don't you use, you know, th- this, this company? And I get their points, but their use case scenario is totally different than mine. I make a lot more stuff than the average person, but I don't use a drill as much as a contractor does, which might be using a drill eight hours a day, every single day. I probably use a drill more than 99% of the population, but still not as much as as those sort of contractors. And I've never had my, the, the, the brands that I use fail on me or like wear out. So when people cite durability or things like that as really important issues, and you know, mm-hmm. under the guise of them being experts. Well, that's a valid criticism in their context. It's not a valid criticism for my context, and it's certainly not a valid criticism for people that are gonna be using the tools less than I use them. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny. I watch truck commercials um, sometimes, and I think they're so clueless. Because uh, <laughs> they're sitting here talking about torque and ram and like towing capacity and all these things and it's like okay yeah i guess there's some people that care about those things like oh i want to drag 18 horses and a trailer (laughs) and a tractor versus a yacht you know right i mean the thing i would care about is like how does a four by eight sheet of plywood fit in what are the cool little like buckle tie downs and things like that uh right I'm not maxing out the towing capacity, most likely. Right. Um, so I don't care about you know every little specificity of torque and power and things like that. Uh, I care about the outcomes that I can get with them, and as long as I can get those outcomes, they're f- freaking phenomenal. <laughs> I'm I'm happy. <laughs> right. When I can't make something because of the tools limitation, uh, yeah, I guess I would consider new tools, but that that hasn't really happened. So then using the truck as the example. So do you think that the reason that things are marketed that way is because people think like that and they're just exploiting the way that people think like, oh, I just want to have like these numbers that I can brag about. Or do you think that it's that marketing has done that and made people think that way? So it's kind of the, you know, the, the tail wagging the dog or is the I think, dog I wagging think marketing the tail. people feel like they have to say something of substance and they look for the stats and then they use that and they hope that that sort of conveys an argument and they feel like they're being like authentic and truthful. So which just is, like which whichever, all, right. whichever stat happens to shine a positive light on them, that's the one we're going to 
Exploit. Exactly. The, Ford the, said the, they had more towing capacity, so now Dodge is going to say they've got more room in their cab, or they've got more. You know, their four right. by four is the best. You know what I mean? Everyone's trying to yeah, find that right. one best thing they can latch on and, and be the best at. And, and the reality mm-hmm. is, most of these things come with trade offs, right? So if one truck says it has more power or towing capacity, the, the other one might be saying they have more uh, mileage, uh, or better gas mileage, yeah. right? Yep. So it might not be, oh, this truck sucks. It might just be they made a different decision around sort of different options that right. they're all yep. doing, right? The other reason why I don't, even experts or people that say that they're experts or they've used power tools a lot and they have really strong opinions about brands, I always ask them, well, when did you last use it? And I've, I've heard some guys talk, oh, that brand's crap. It's the total, and they're talking about not, not the brands that I use, but a different brand. And I was just, just you know, I'm like, well, when was the last time you used them? Oh, no, like four or five years ago. I wouldn't touch it. (laughs) I was like, wait. So you're saying they're crap now, but you haven't touched one in like four or five years? So you don't know is what you're actually telling me. So when people spout off strong opinions about brands, ask them how do they know if they have firsthand experience? Then ask them what exactly happened because often it can be some user error too. Right. Um, So the... You know, you know, really, really, when people state that opinion, don't just be take it. Oh, I guess you know, Fords are terrible and Chevys are awesome. You know, know what their specific experience. Maybe, maybe they never put any oil into the car, right? Like, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why things might not work for one person, and they might be giving you really, really old information. Yeah. Uh, like you know, like co- companies and brands change over time. It used to be that, like, uh, uh, you know. Uh, made in uh, Japan or made in China had a certain sort of stigma, and then they right. people started realizing that they're actually more technologically advanced in manufacturing in a lot of ways, and that it might actually be a good thing, right? So these things these things change over time. So make sure you're getting new and updated information. And when you watch influencers, don't think of them as spokespersons or endorsers. Think of them as demonstrators that yeah. they're saying, "I have these tools. I can make this with these tools." And if you want to make similar stuff, then know that those tools could work for you. But then also look to see if maybe there's some more affordable tools that could also produce those outcomes that you want. Good stuff. Yeah, that was a, that's my slogan for Grizzly is, I'll never tell you how to spend your money, but I will tell you how I spent mine. Ooh, oh, that's all good. Gris- I like it. <laughs> Thank you. First one's free. <laughs> Tagline guy. I like it. There you go. All right, uh, what's next? I do work in marketing, by the way. Um, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, going on. This one, I think I'll read it, but I think it's kind of similar to the question we answered before. So Jake Owens says, how do you guys deal with criticism of your work and rebound from it? So I guess this isn't like trolls, but just people criticizing your work. I get so much satisfaction from making things, but even a small criticism or rude comment causes me to question myself. I am a person who gets confidence from the things I make and finding out if somebody doesn't like it, my confidence in my work takes a big hit. I feel like having hundreds of thousands of subscribers takes the sting away, but what about the amateurs trying to make their way into the space? So basically, if you're new to something, if you were just new, how would you handle criticism? Or would I think that it depends on where it's you... coming from. Um, so from my perspective, I've always just, like if it's coming from the internet in any way, it's just like if it's positive, awesome, great, I really appreciate it. If it's negative, just like delete it, don't even really acknowledge it. Um, yep. And I think that's kind of probably the same with you guys for the most part. But like, how do you guys deal with like, 
or does that really is that something that really ever happened yeah. where you get like personally think, criticized on your work now um well first off to to your point about criticism i think that anybody who has actual good constructive criticism to give to you is right. probably going to give it to you in a fairly positive way very true like yeah if they want to give you something substantive they're not going to just be a jerk about it um so i mean yeah i think that is good criticism to listen to and i still you know, I read all the comments that I get, yeah. and if it's uh, it's good constructive criticism, sometimes I agree with it, sometimes I don't, or sometimes they just have a question or they're wondering why I'm doing something, and you could view that as criticism. But, I mean, I still take it and try to use it as a a way to think about things differently. To your second part of the question, Mike, about... Because I, feel like, I, I feel like criticism in person or with people that you know is way uh-huh. different than criticism from just anonymous avatars on the internet right yeah yeah and i think it's i mean i i don't have that much experience with in-person criticism just because i think you know people are generally nice in person and they probably don't want (laughs) to exactly to do it but um yeah i mean it it all just depends on what the type of i think a lot of it has to do with your self-confidence individually like what things do you legitimately think you're good at and what things do you not think you're that good at so if i get criticism about aesthetics where i feel that i am pretty strong i probably am less likely to take them to heart whereas if i get something that's more like a technical thing i'm probably more likely to listen because I, i feel like i have so much to learn in that area yeah that's true and i think like at the end of the day as long as you're doing something you think is cool and if you like what you built that's awesome you know there was yep. plenty of people that thought like i don't uber or airbnb was stupid but i bet they feel pretty stupid now for saying that so you know maybe other people just don't get it you know so just do your thing do what makes you happy and if you're happy then that's a good thing right Indeed. yeah for, for me it's it's there's there's things that bother me uh but it's normally not criticisms it's normally things that sort of create either more work or more hassle okay um or somebody just blatantly saying something that's factually incorrect in like a loud way that i then have to sort of address Mm -hmm. right so when somebody says that won't work or that will fall apart so i remember i made a a concrete nesting tables that were really thin i know how strong the concrete is i know it's six thousand psi concrete i'm using quick greek countertop mix uh and i know that in that span it's really strong says like oh the minute you put any weight on that that would crumble that that concrete won't stand at all like even if you pour it right it won't so that bothered me not because it's negative but because it bothers me because like people saying that the earth is flat he's wrong <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and uh so it's like i made a video of me standing on it holding about a, you know i think like 80 pounds of of weights or something uh, shout out because I'm swole. Um, <laughs> shout out to yourself. Um, That's the first self shout out I think like, we've got. Uh, uh, <laughs> shout uh, out to shout me out for me. being swole. Uh, uh, bouncing up and down on it and like and doing it. So it was fine. I got you know I got another video out of it and people liked it. Um, so things like that they bother me uh, and I react to them because they're incorrect. But they don't hurt me in a in a sense of me as a designer they antagonize me as someone that has a lot to do or has a lot of things that he wants to do. And that's just, that adds like one more little annoying thing. Yeah. But 
and, and similar to, to other sort of questions that we've answered is, you know, there is no one strategy for how to handle negativity. We're all different emotionally to things. And I react differently to things at different times. Sometimes yeah. it rolls off my back. Sometimes it pisses me off. What I try to do is whether I'm pissed off, channel that into something productive. Whether it rolls mm -hmm. off my back and I laugh at it, channel that into something productive. It doesn't matter how it affects you and you don't need to create this one rule of always how to handle everything that life throws at you because there'll always be things that you didn't expect. What you need to do is just be determined for whatever happens or whatever disruptions happens that you only use those to push you more towards your goals. Cool. Yeah. I like it. And I think one other thing with that is that the, the that particular criticism about the nesting table in a way they're kind of like criticizing the product. And so then you probably feel more of a need to respond to it than if it was just completely personal, personal about you. Yeah, or just criticizing, or basically they're saying- Or questioning that, like, it. Yeah, they're questioning, they're questioning the, the laws of like basic physics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's why it's like equal to flat earth, but that's funny. I actually did something really similar. People, people always ask me, you know, will that hold the weight all the time? Like every one of my videos, will it hold the weight? Um, and so when I was showing in the video I did, it's like one of the kind of like tips ones. It was about cutting non 90 and non 45 degree angle. So I made like a little version of the trapezoidal box and I stood on it and it was reinforced with nothing. You know, I stood on it and kind of bounced up and down. So I don't know how many 220 pounds of pressure probably with me jumping up and down on it. It held no problem. And I think one of the big things is uh, so many comments I get, I think they just don't realize how strong wood glue is. I think people have a frame of reference of like Elmer's glue when they think about glue <laughs> and they're like, that's just glue that's holding. It's like, yeah. dude, wood glue is strong. Right. That's what I tell them. Wood glue is strong. It's yeah. strong. Even with the very minimal amounts that Chris uses. Yeah, hey, real. just enough. That's <laughs> just how much the dab I will use. do you. Just, dab will do just you. Just the dab. Yeah. Just awesome. enough to not spill out onto the face of everything. All right, cool. so I've got today's hypothetical. Oh, baby. All right, so let's pretend we're not doing this podcast, or maybe we are still doing this podcast. If you were to start a podcast, it oh. could be a podcast on your own with other people, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it, and it would find an audience, it would, it, you know, whatever it is, it would find some sort of audience. What would it be about? Mm. I think I would actually try to do something that wasn't specifically about anything. So very general and more like personality based. So okay. I'd probably want to just do one with like a couple of friends that I think are funny, you know, probably talk about like current events or pop culture, whatever's just like kind of going on. You know, it could be about sports at some time. It could be about music. It could be about TV shows and just kind of use it as like a, a opportunity to just like hang out and, and get, talk about the things that I actually talk about when I'm hanging out with friends and just like just be goofy and stuff. And yeah, I think that would be like a very easy and sustainable thing where like you don't have to worry about running out of content or anything like that. Cool. How about you? I would do a podcast. I like the idea of doing a podcast about music. That would be fun. Like if... Mm -hmm. Like if I could do a podcast and then people would like take my opinion about music like seriously and like appreciate it, that would be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? Become I don't like know a, what the legalities of this would be, but it'd be kind of cool. Like, so if you had a couple friends that you could riff with and that like had a similar genre of music that they liked, yep. and then each week you could just review an album right. and kind of talk about it, but then be free to go off on tangents and have it like kind of play in the background. Yeah, that would be That'd cool. That'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> ben, what's your podcast? 
Um, I'd probably, I'd probably take whatever the next book idea I had and then break that down into, uh, uh, in interviews and basically use the podcast as a way of sort of compiling the interviews and, and working through material for that would end up being a book currently. Like Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Sort of like that. But, uh, I think currently what I would do would be like a podcast about uh, where I would interview people in design fields and I would sort of talk about specifically the things that were sort of critical to their success that they didn't learn in design schools. Oh, yeah. Look what for I that this fall. in design school. Yeah. What I didn't learn in design it's school. It's a good title, too. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, oh, speaking of podcasts, though, how I built this, top notch. I hadn't listened yeah, to it until great? You, yeah, I hadn't listened to it until you recommended it. I've listened to about like four episodes already. So it's it's even just on an entertainment level. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. Oh, but you know what's even more awesome? Is that Uh-oh. HBO docuseries about uh 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 Dr. Dre and Johnny oh, yeah. what's his name? Uh Iveen or something like that. Oh uh, no, I haven't even heard about yeah, it. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jim yeah. It's uh it's like a new docuseries on HBO. It is phenomenal. I just saw the first episode. It is so good. I'm going to probably actually go watch more after this. <laughs> right on. Baby, awesome. baby. Cool. Cool. Well, you guys got anything <laughs> else to add? Uh, nope. All right, Ben, send us on the outro since you're being host today. All right. So speaking of comments, we talked a lot about comments. Well, how about you leave us some really, really good ones? Because <laughs> unlike YouTube, for the podcast world, good comments uh, and re- especially five-star reviews really move the needles. Yeah. Um, so go on to iTunes, go on to whatever sort of is your podcast player of choice and leave us some phenomenal, completely honest, because there's nothing bad to say, uh, <laughs> except that sometimes we use bad language. <laughs> Shout out to the people that that annoys, but Sorry. You know, just being ourselves. Hey, um, we were clean twice this week. I think we've got two episodes and even on part. We're just sitting yeah. here drinking clean. Um, <laughs> so leave us some good reviews. And again, us on Instagram. We're posting images that we're not posting anywhere else. Uh, occasionally we're doing little stories. Even I did a live broadcast um, waiting for these guys to, to do some little live broadcasting. Uh, uh, Mike did his little demonstration of power shears Man, yeah. uh, on them. That's some good stuff. I was getting my Billy Mays on. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I should just like, get some scissors and put some videos up of me just cutting stuff with regular scissors. Hand <laughs> <Right. laughs> so, power shears. <laughs> join in on the conversation. We get you know we get some really great questions from you guys, so keep those coming. Um, also, go back and watch some of our early YouTube videos. I would like to hear some questions on like the first five videos that each of us sort of produced. Okay. Because yeah, those be often cool. get kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I'm not even sure I can remember what my first five videos are. I know a couple of them. Um, I think but I can I'll, often I'll get requests for, hey, could you do a project like this? And I'm like, did yeah, it. I did that. <laughs> uh, you know, way, way back, right? Yeah. So now, uh, now we've done this for multiple years now. So let's get some questions on our first five videos the early day and let's right and let's get some (laughs) questions about like how we do things differently now or even just some observations i'd love to hear some just some comments or you know you guys as the sort of listeners and viewers how do you think we've changed over over time nice um so take a look at some of those early videos uh they're a little different. They're a little, a little janky in comparison. <laughs> Except Chris's. Chris's is really polished and awesome. And um, they're still a little worse. Yeah. 
barely. So check that out. <laughs> barely worse. And everyone, have a good weekend. And yeah, keep building. It. Keep building. Cool. Keep building. Right. Safely. <laughs> Without. Watch your feet. Bye, watch everybody. Feet. All right, later. <laughs>